0: In the living room
1: Your pipe and slippers set out for you I know you think that it ain't too far But I I hear a call of a lifetime ring The, the need to get up for it I only caught out the middle man can the middle man You got no time for the messenger Got no regard for the thing you gotta be why
0: you will not survive Alright everybody, welcome uh, to the first ever Quizzo Trivia NFL Draft Podcast. Those two things don't seem to go together, but for some reason Everything we, is trivia, Drew. Everything is trivia, Nick, I agree with you. So we decided rather than throw this under one of the various other brands that we have that's a little bit more football centered, we're just going to make this part of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast and give you a full mock draft from two amateur mock drafters who have spent uh, the better part of 25 years paying very, very close to the uh, close attention to the NFL Draft for different reasons. My reason, Nick, is very simple. As a New York Jet fan most of my life... This is your Super Bowl. This is my Super Bowl. It's the only chance I have at uh, thinking there may be hope for my putrid franchise moving forward. <laughs> and I got to be honest, over the course of the last 20 years, if the Jets had hired me at, say, 12 or 13 years old, I would have guided this ship in a far better direction than has been guided. And I find it amazing. I wonder if
1: the octopus that was picking World Cup games could have done better.
0: Yeah, well, you know, uh, so I'm going to plug one of the other sites that we have, draftprofiles.com, and uh, that is a site that we uh, created to uh, follow the NFL draft in a very in-depth manner, uh, not from a trivia aspect, but from a a serious uh, analytics standpoint, and uh, then eventually morphing that into how it pertains to fantasy football, which is really the true passion Nick and I share uh, for the upcoming season. And, you know, in Draft Profiles, I wrote an article Uh, called the Jones Theory. And my theory is there's a group of franchises that would have just been better suited drafting guys with the last name Jones. Every pick they had in every draft they had, they would have done better than they currently... uh, would have from a franchise standpoint both from historical standpoint and currently on their roster they just should have drafted jones and they wouldn't even have had to worry about it and this remember draft, the
1: year uh, our fantasy team was the johnsons
0: yes of course i mean we we ended up with uh, andre andre calvin chris which was calvin the, and chris yeah that was the, the, our top three picks the pick that won us the league was probably chris because that was his t- chris i think we were year.
1: runner-up in that league okay, but, okay. Yeah, but we, Still a great we season We had a
0: monster team But yeah, we had the Johnson. So the Johnsons theory might come in next year's uh, draft profiles article I'm, still, <laughs> I'm holding back Smith and Johnson for future, for future uh, analysis But this year it's all, the all-Jones team And there's nine Jones-eligible players in the top 300 this year's draft So uh, get you some Jones Well, Drew, I'm far uh, from a draft
1: ahead. expert And I don't uh, spend as much time on this um, as you do, but I'm going to do my best to uh, hang in there with you for uh, round I, one. Now, I, think,
0: I think you've put in your time, and there's certainly a lot of people out there that call themselves experts that really are not experts and don't know anything more than the layperson. Now, I've taken the last decade of my life to really trying to learn NFL on a uh, on a game basis, not on a fan basis, meaning uh, gap assignments, coverage schemes, things that are really the details of football that I don't think most people know or understand when they watch. And and the NFL has morphed uh, from a league standpoint over the course of the last couple of years, but when it all comes down to it, everything starts with the big uglies and it starts with the offensive line and the blocking schemes that teams uh, employ and how those linemen block because every run, every pass, everything else Uh, comes from that so that's where you start and uh, if you want to learn the game from an X's and O's standpoint that's where you have to to get your feet wet and uh, everything kind of comes from that so I feel like I have a an understanding of the game that's at a deeper level than I've ever had in my life but having said that some of this really isn't um, uh, scientific it is can you analyze and this is really the point that I'm going to make can you analyze if a player is going to stay motivated once you pay him millions of dollars to keep playing a game that is both violent Isn't and dangerous. Isn't that the
1: big question?
0: No one has an answer to that. You could watch all the game film you want in the world, but unless you can get your hands wrapped around that Who aspect Who was the of number
1: it, two pick out of Michigan State, the wide receiver?
0: Charles Rogers, right? You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Charles Rogers. As soon as, as that guy at, got paid, he uh, just quit football. I Listen, he had a lot of personal issues. He had a lot of drug issues. But when you pay a guy that much money and say, here, it's yours no matter whether you show up, whether you're good, whether you're not good, you don't know how that's going to affect somebody because football is a tough game. It's a violent game. You need constant dedication. You have to be in the weight room every day of the year. That's why you
1: got to look for guys who love football. football. First. That's,
0: their whole life is football. So everything that I tried to analyze about a player is taken through the lens of, can I also say... I think this guy loves the game. I think he's going to be the kind of player that loves the game long-term. And my theory, as I've expressed to you, is very similar in fantasy football. It's avoiding landmines. It's not so much about getting the best player or getting the best value or any of those things. It's about avoiding landmines. So if you're in the first round and you draft a guy who's going to be out of the league in three years, that's a landmine. You can't step on that landmine. Even if you get a guy that's just an average performer for five years, that's better than uh, than setting off a landmine. So everything I try to do is to avoid these landmines for players, and in our mock draft, which we're about to start, I'm hoping you land on them and not me. <laughs> well, so without I'm further ado, folks, we are going to get the first ever Quizzo mock draft underway. Nick and I are going to alternate picks. That's how this is going to work. This is going to be a no-trades mock draft where – Uh, We would love to be doing uh, projected trades and wheeling and dealing. There's just no time for that right now, and it's going to make things too confusing. So we're just going to go straight picks, and uh, we'll try to keep it to under a minute each uh, to make the pick and then try to give you a little bit of an explanation as to why we did it, banter back and forth, and we'll try to roll through this within the next 30 minutes. So without further ado, the first pick of the 2017 Quizzo mock draft goes to the Cleveland Browns and the GM Nick you are selecting.
1: All right, so I'm selecting first, and I'm going to throw a trivia question at you as I make this selection because it has to do with it. I like it. Now, I'm going to go at first what I would ask a general audience writing a quizzo question. Then I'll see if you can go any deeper because I do consider you an expert on this. Two for 10, all three for 20. Name for me the last three defensive linemen drafted with the number one pick in the draft.
0: Okay. So Jadavian Clowney was the last defensive lineman. That's correct. With the number one overall. 2014. In the draft. <clears throat> um. That was an easy one because then <laughs> then it gets yeah then it gets ugly. Um, Two for ten, all three for twenty. Let's see. Was he the number one pick? I think he was. Was Courtney Brown the number one pick in the NFL draft?
1: So he falls under the umbrella. Okay, Courtney Brown back in two thousand.
0: Yeah, long time ago. And uh, LeVar Arrington was the number two pick in the draft that year, and uh, Chris Samuel's the number three pick. So mm-hmm. giving you a little perspective on what I remember, but I, I certainly remember Courtney Brown. Right, so the Skins had overall. pick two
1: and three, right? And, and Courtney had, Brown out of Penn State. Uh, yeah, defensive went out to the out Browns.
0: State. Yep. Um, so they had the first two defensive picks selected. This Arrington. Yeah, they were both busts. Arrington too. You know,
1: well Arrington. More, more so. He just never lived up to the expectations of being the
0: number two overall pick, and people were basically saying he's Lawrence Taylor. Exactly, he's going to be. He did look like it. I mean, he was unbelievable. uh, Hard hard to argue. I
1: forget who his defensive coordinator was at Penn State, but (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: god. All right. So you're missing Uh, (laughs) one. You're missing Um, one. Sometime between 2000. Sometime between 2000
1: and 2014.
0: Um, I'm going to assume it was more a pass rusher than it was like a a defensive lineman. Uh, Somebody that's like an edge guy. Eh. No, it's like a straight, straight end. It's not coming right to me. You know why it's a little tricky?
1: Because this was an unexpected number one pick. Everybody thought that the number one pick was going to be Reggie Bush that
0: year. Oh, and of course, it was Mario Williams. Mario Williams, Mario the Houston Williams. Texans, yeah. Texans. I, I should remember that because Jadavia and Clowney, of course, number one to the Texans also. in it. And a lot of times teams will fall into the trap of saying, well, we're not going to draft that guy because eight years earlier we drafted the same guy from the same school, at the same position, and it didn't work out, which is just pure stupidity. Uh, People do that all the time when they've been burned by a similar position or a similar thing. Fans, at least, will say, we can't do that because of this. Like, Jets at number six. Do you draft a pass rusher? Oh, I don't want to get another pass rusher because Vernon Golston. Like, what does Vernon Golston have to do? Because the reason I bring this up
1: is, you know, history seems to repeat itself. Now, I don't know if you want to go any deeper than those three, but since 1991, there's been six defensive linemen taken with the number one overall draft.
0: They just... You know, Clowney's actually starting to play. Yeah. Mario Williams had an average career. but average, average career?
1: What was the biggest sack of Mario Williams' career? Is,
0: you know, non-existent, but he's been paid, and he's still in the league. All right, so
1: you want the three before Courtney Brown? Yeah, please. Dan Wilkinson.
0: Big Daddy. Washington Redskins, right?
1: Steve Entman.
0: Steve Entman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, yeah.
1: And Russell Maryland.
0: Russell Maryland to the Oakland Raiders.
1: So based on this... Or were
0: they the L.A. Raiders then? No, I think they were no, back they in were, Oakland. They were Oakland. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Based on that list, it's very hard for me to make this move. And with the number one pick the Cleveland Browns are going to select, Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M.
0: And, and this is my point with them. You put a guy like Garrett, on a crappy franchise, yeah, yeah, going nowhere. paying Absolutely. sixty million dollars guaranteed, or whatever he's going to get as the number one overall pick. And you got to see if that guy can stay motivated, or if he's going to be on the Patriots in four years, uh, ready to wreak havoc uh, when he when he gets picked up by Belichick. So, <clears throat> you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But there you go, Miles Garrett, the first pick in the two thousand seventeen Quizzo mock draft. All right, so on the clock right now are the San. That's Francisco a save my 49ers. job as a GM pick versus what I would really like to do. At the number one spot. I, I I totally get it. So San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. You know, you got a, a new regime here, uh, a tandem that's got um, uh, basically the, the, the world is their oyster in San Francisco with, with Lynch and Shanahan and this duo. I really like them. I like the concept of of getting a guy that's a former player that at a high level who's got some booth experience and knows how to handle the media end of things and, and has a good eye for football talent, which is really all this comes down to. Um, So I I like what San Francisco's got going on, and I'm ready to make their pick right away, and it's going to be a little bit of a surprising pick. I think most people have this player uh, slightly farther down the board, but in my opinion, he is the safest player in this draft. And with the second pick of the 2017 Quizzo mock draft, the San Francisco 49ers select O.J. Howard, tight end, Alabama. Well,
1: that goes into your theory about the same team drafting the same type of player in the same spot. And I just think of Vernon Davis when I think of the Niners and selecting a tight end early. And obviously, you're
0: very high on Howard. Love him. I think he's the safest player in the draft. Second, well, or second safest player in the draft.
1: I didn't have this guy here for the third pick. Um, is it a big need for the Bears? Uh. I would say it's a top three need. Really, any defense for the Bears right now um, is in need. Boy, they really could have used a quarterback, but since they gave all that money to Mike Glennon, and this year's crop of quarterbacks is not exactly nothing jumping out. Um but if you're not gonna take him at number two, I'm gonna give Solomon Thomas to uh the Bears
0: to wreak havoc on my Packers for the next ten years. So totally, totally reasonable pick. Totally reasonable pick. Okay, so uh the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock and this is an interesting team as well right now with a new regime, uh sort of. Um some old faces uh, and then Tom Coughlin and uh Doug Marone. But Marone, you know, has a uh Uh, A decent history as a head coach uh, with the years he spent in Buffalo. We certainly know him for his days uh, rejuvenating the Syracuse University program back from uh, disgracefulness to mediocrity. So good for him. That landed him an NFL job somehow. And now he's a coach again. Uh, He quit a NFL job to go become an offensive line coach and then work his way back up to a job. So we'll see if that pays off uh, for them. Um, But this is an interesting position here because uh, I think there's some guys that uh, they would have thought about and certainly – uh, Solomon Thomas uh, is one of them. Uh, I think they, they probably weren't going to consider O.J. Howard, um, but you never know. I mean, uh, getting Bortles that type of weapon. However, uh, building uh, on a very, very strong defensive foundation that they have laid, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have a sneaky good defense, believe it or not, folks, a sneaky good defense. Well,
1: they've been drafting at the top of the draft uh, since their inception, right? For, so. <laughs>
0: basically, for, basically forever in a day.
1: They should have some talent.
0: You you would think. So I am going to add to this defense um, and to this uh, defensive line, and I'm going to take Jonathan Allen, the defensive tackle from Alabama, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, pick number four overall.
1: All right. Well,
0: that makes me happy. And the
1: reason it does is because you didn't take the guy I wanted for Tennessee. So Tennessee is on the board, and. what can I say about Tennessee? I haven't watched a lot of them in the last couple of years, but Marcus Mariota is a very exciting player. I think he's going to have a great pro career, and I think giving him a weapon in the backfield to make defenses have to think about will end up opening up more things for him in the passing game. I know Don't it they would have be... two?
0: <laughs> Don't they have uh, two pretty good ones right now between Henry and, uh, and DeMarco Murray?
1: Well... Yeah, that, that is true.
0: <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where you fit a running back. Yeah, in, you're right in, in that mix. Uh, you know, especially with the I commitment just see this they guy just here made
1: here. All right, so yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, I'll back out of that and go with. Uh, is this really? Yeah, I guess it's kind of a need. Uh, By the way, he's I'll, a guy I love the, the, as a player. I just see this guy and as a caveat a great career. He's, I'm going to uh, make
0: the prediction that this pick number five gets traded. I think somebody comes up to take a QB in this spot ahead of the Jets, knowing that the Jets could be eyeing a QB here, and that Tennessee is willing to trade down. So Cleveland, the twelve. Well, it's true. This will probably end up being the Browns. Yes, but so, uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Yep.
1: All right. I I see this as being the spot to take Jamal Adams off the board. To... It's,
0: a, it's a beautiful pick. I mean, really, that's a guy that I think. He can quarterback
1: that defense. It would
0: have made me really question the next pick that I make if he was still on the board in this spot. So the New York Jets are picking sixth. Uh, those of you who know me know that I am a Jets fan. It is as much a disease it is as it is being a fan. Uh, I wish truly that as a young child I somehow uh, was told what my future would be with this team and I could just avoid them and go in a different direction. I even, I even feel like I would have been fine being a Giant fan uh, because you know they've had a nice you know, oh I guess I, the Giants just, have won yeah Super Bowl, but but I'm not I'm Three? a Jet fan you know and I mean? that's just what happens when you root for a team as a kid you can't get rid of them and no matter no matter how hard you try every single year you keep coming back to the same group. Well, I think there's
1: an age of no going back. Yeah, I'm not sure what that is, well, we're, but we're we're, we're, have, well, we're well past it. I need, I, need, I need to
0: know what's happening to this team every year. So I am going to try to change the fortunes of this putrid franchise on this pick with the sixth pick in the draft. I. Would have taken OJ Howard. I would have taken uh, Jamal Adams, but both of them are gone. So I am going to take the quarterback that I think has the best potential in this draft class. And with the sixth pick in the 2017 Quizzo mock draft, the New York Jets select Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback, Texas Tech University. Don't you people
1: have Mahomes?
0: <laughs> Don't you people have Mahomes? Let's hope that goes. So that's, you know. It's a gutsy pick. It's too high for him. Everybody's going to say too high for him, too high for him. You got the quarterback of the future for your franchise. It's never too high.
1: I agree with that statement. I don't know that I agree with the pick. Sure. And I will well, get to it when the guy who goes who I would have taken, and we've talked about it, so we'll talk sure, about sure. it later. But um, I absolutely agree. There is no too early to take your quarterback of the future. The quarterback in this league is the guy who's winning games out there for you, more so than an edge rusher, more so than any other position. So you got your quarterback, and uh, you have to be happy about that. All right, so we've got the Chargers on the board here, and this one for me is pretty easy. Um, The Chargers uh, defense has lacked a face in that uh, secondary. Malik Hooker from Ohio State. No-brainer for me
0: here with the Chargers. Makes total sense to me. All right, we're going to pick number eight uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Now, basically every mock that I've seen has the Carolina Panthers going running back. I got to tell you, I don't see that at all. Whether I, you know, First of all, I definitely don't see Leonard Fournette in that offensive scheme and what they try to do. I think they might have considered O.J. Howard. I think that Christian McCaffrey might get uh, talked about, but he's not the guy. I'm going to go in a different direction for this team, and I'm going to go with the top cornerback on the board for the Carolina Panthers, who really, really, really missed having a number one corner last year. Their defense really suffered because of it. And uh, with the eighth pick in the draft, I am going to select uh, Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback from Ohio State for the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, you could see the Panthers'
0: defense last year was just not the same. Without that. Right. Right. And they drafted three quarterbacks Um, last year, but none of them were game changers. And I think Lattimore now could come in, fill a a very, very uh, needed role on a good defense, Uh, a defense that's getting back. uh, You know, they have Captain Munnerlin back, uh, so they're going to have some veteran leadership in there, and and he's going to be able to come right in and and play a strong role there, number two.
1: Now, if I'm the Cincinnati Bengals here and I'm picking ninth, I think that. If you could get the best tackle in the draft with a ninth pick, how often does that happen? So I'm just going to take Cam Robinson and hope I can, you know. You know, they had— uh, He had, might not be your normal number one tackle in a draft, but they the guy's been Smith, solid for right three seasons. They drafted the right tackle from Alabama. They've got some history Tup. with
0: Alabama tackles that may be mixed. Um, but again, that's one of those things you can't look back at. And Robinson, the worst thing that's going to happen to him is he becomes a dominant left guard. That's right. the worst thing that's right. going to happen. He's going to be a football player. We've right. seen He's, him for
1: 3 seasons at left, Alabama. Tons of big games. Somebody's got
0: to play left tackle. Right. You know? So if you're the 23rd ranked left tackle in football, you're still a pretty good football player and you're going to be playing every day. Yes. So, you know, I, I like to pick and I think uh Cincinnati tried to do that with um Fisher. Uh, but I don't think he's panning out at the left tackle position. He's certainly not ready next year. And Robinson is. Robinson, you can plug in day one at left tackle. There's your starter. So brings us to the Buffalo Bills, pick number 10. As a rival of the Jets, I'm a little bit conflicted. But here, this to me is an absolute no-brainer. And I'm thinking about what the future of the franchise is, not just about this year. And everything in the NFL for me is a game of quarterbacks. Okay? Do you have a quarterback? If you don't have a quarterback, you better get a quarterback. Uh, There's some really, really interesting guys in this draft, but for what Buffalo does and their kind of gimmicky, spready, LaShawn McCoy, you know, uh, get him in strange positions in the open to make plays and, and then play action off of that to Sammy Watkins deep, I think this fit works even though this guy does not have a great arm. And what I mean by not having a great arm is, uh, from a speed standpoint, he tested at about 48 miles an hour. And I'll give you a little bit of context what that means. The fastest ever thrown at a combine for a professional football player is 60 miles an hour. But 48 is really low. So that means you don't get a lot of zip on the ball. And in a cold-weather situation like Buffalo, it seems like a little bit of a prerequisite. However, despite the fact that there's guys that people deem higher, I'm going to go with a guy who just wins and I'm going to hope that he becomes the face of the franchise for the Buffalo Bills in the in the future, and that is Deshaun Watson. So with the 10th pick in the draft, the Buffalo Bills select Deshaun Watson quarterback from Clemson.
1: All right, so that's who I would have liked to have seen the Jets take at six. I think Deshaun Watson has shown leadership on the field, off the field. He wins football games. Um, I don't love seeing him go to the Bills only because with that weather and his arm strength, I don't know if that combination is going to be too much against him, and just the lack of success of the Bills for the We're, last 20 Rex years. Ryan's
0: kid played for Clemson, and there's just a lot of Clemson love in that building. Uh, they've been scout well, heavy right. they, down there they, for a they, long time. Yes, you know Watkins. They, Watkins they, just, they drafted yeah. last year the defensive end, uh, Shaq Lawson from Clemson. That is a Clems That that is an organization that has spent a lot of time at that program, and I think. Yeah, I remember seeing Rex
1: Ryan at the Clemson games. It's a
0: great situation for him because he doesn't have to play next year. You know, uh, they they've got a quarterback. They got a guy who's on a two year deal uh, that they can get rid of after one year. So I think that's a good situation for him, and I think it's a better fit for that uh, team, even though that arm strength is a concern because they run a gimmicky offense, and it's not about uh, huge for vertebra- And honestly, Watson may not have a, a very um, Fast arm in terms of like how fast the ball comes out But his deep throws have been historically pretty decent He's got some guys that have made their living off of deep throws So, uh, you know, he he's gotten the ball down Yeah, there. I
1: mean, any time a quarterback can go up against Nick Saban's Alabama team On the biggest stage in the game Well, that's and really win, all I need to say right there You know, and that, that last pass was all him so. All right,
0: so you're up, Nick
1: This is a tough spot uh, The toughest one I've had to pick from yet, I would say Um The Saints obviously need to address their defense. And I think they have something like the first, or they have three picks in the first 42 or something like that I saw. So they should be able to do it here. Um, Drew Brees not getting any younger, but hasn't showed much slowdown. So I don't think it's time to draft the heir apparent here. Really, what I would do if I was the Saints, I would take the best defender on the board even though cornerback is their biggest need, if there was somebody else to be had, it's a deep quarterback draft. Cornerback draft. I, I don't see anybody else though better than Marlon Humphrey for them in this spot. I, I don't necessarily love this pick, but you know, his old man was a pro and I love that. So now you they, know, coming from right, saving organization. They need help.
0: Everywhere on defense So it doesn't matter Which position group You pick in They need help there So I think I might have Gone a a different direction There but I don't want To spoil the pick Um, All right, brings us to Pick number 12 Which is the Cleveland Browns I think I
1: know Who your different Direction is so We'll definitely Talk about that Because there's There's another guy Who I probably Like more
0: yeah, there's a guy I like more I know there's a
1: guy you like more but And I was, other th- I've was
0: i been toying with that guy for like four picks now like yeah. he, There's a couple teams I was like, eh, should we uh, go here? But uh, I
1: just don't think that the Saints can afford to miss right now No, they can
0: that's a safe pick And he is a guy that's rising up the draft boards And the cornerback class has really taken a bunch of big hits Because not only do you have the injuries to guys like Sidney Jones and Fabian Moreau But now uh, Gary and Connolly being accused of yes. domestic violence yeah. they're, they're dropping down So sure. the Saints are not going to be able to it, wait it was to a the lot end go or, a week ago or the They're not going to be able this, to wait until yeah. pick 31 and, Or th- pick 32 and get that kind of quality
1: No, no and that's why I'm doing it now
0: Alright So that brings us to The next pick which is going to be The Cleveland Browns and uh, Congratulations Cleveland your long Wait is over you have just drafted A man named Mitchell So
1: <laughs> This is my favorite pick of the draft I cannot wait to see Mitchell Trubisky On the Browns.
0: God bless you, Mitchell. You know, he was Mr.
1: Ohio football. Mr. Ohio football. Uh, This this is great. Mitchell Trubisky. We're We're happy for for Cleveland. um, You know, what it must have been like being a Browns fan and watching the first three Eagles games this year. Oh, my God. (laughs) As (laughs) bad as it's been for the Browns. I mean, the the worst is. Or a Rams fan. You know, your team moves and goes to Baltimore and then becomes the most dominant defense. (laughs) In a history, everything you ever of wanted is a franchise run
0: run by a former Brown. I mean, you think it's <laughs> I, bad, being a Jed fan? Yeah, it's yeah. You know, it, at well, least there's the Browns. No, because it's the same thing. You know, Bill Belichick quits head coach of the New York Jets. Oh, he becomes resigned, the greatest head coach of, all time? The greatest coach of all time. Gets Tom Brady. We knock out Drew Bledsoe, leading to Brady coming into the game, and then he becomes the goat. So,
1: what I, no, I never thought about. It. It's pretty pretty much the same thing (laughs) Is it worth it being a New England fan And having to root for
0: Tom Brady Yeah I mean are you kidding me (laughs) They don't see it the way we see it We're we're outsiders Just don't see it exactly the same way All right, so let's move on to uh, pick number 13 that's going to be the Arizona Cardinals And Nick is making that pick So what do you got for us
1: Well I think the Cardinals could go in a lot of places Right here Um, I don't know if I would say I feel like there's a Big drop-off defensively. Uh, There's definitely at least one guy jumping out at me defensively that I would uh, like to take, but I don't know that the need fits for the Cardinals. So I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball. I think there's two playmakers in particular that fit their needs. Um, At wide receiver, I feel like they could use, but... They've got a few guys in that role. But really, at tight end, I think they seem uh, in need. So we'll take David Nijuko. Njoku.
0: And Joku. And Joku. David Njoku from the University of Miami. From the U. Who have no history of producing tight ends that are NFL uh, quality. <laughs> so, <clears throat> or just the opposite. Yes, right. Uh, of course, that's my sarcasm. Now, the, 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 the U obviously has done good they, uh, on hard times, but Njoku has... Uh, tremendous physical traits, tremendous physical traits. One of those guys that I think I worry about football desire. Uh, I see a lot of guys with great physical traits, and then the the rigors of the game, will this guy get down and dirty? Will he block? Will he be an inline blocker? Well, no, I don't know that he will. I think he's
1: more of a pass-catching player.
0: It screams to me of Eric Ebron, and the difference between Ebron and Njoku right now, at least as I see it, is can the guy stay healthy? Uh, Ebron's injured constantly, so he's got all the talent in the world, and he's got that type of massive frame, big uh, wingspan, uh, everything that you could like. Uh, And I do think Arizona here would have looked for a quarterback, but the top three guys are now all off the board, and I think this is a, a little bit of a reach for a guy like Kaiser at this point. So Arizona might reload and start looking at uh, round two and, and a possible move up uh, to the end of round one to get a quarterback of the future, a guy like Davis Webb, potentially, or moving back up for Kaiser. Uh, if yeah, that's who knows? Webb could be there in do. the second round. Yeah, there there, there, there are some interesting late round QB prospects. I, you know, it's hard to tell who I think is going to be uh, great out of that group. But guys like Nathan Peterman might be adequate, maybe like an Alex Smith type, uh, and, and be a uh, average guy. There's actually a um, uh, a pen guy. Uh, who's an Ivy League guy who I think has a shot to be sort of a Ryan Fitzpatricky type guy, a guy who's going to be drafted maybe seventh round, and will just be one of those guys that plays a really long time because of uh, what we talked about. I think in the other podcast, sort of the association that he's just smart because he's a he's a you know. Yeah,
1: well, we could bring a little quizzo into this, um, and I don't have the answer in front of me, but Let's true or false, Ryan Fitzpatrick had the highest Wonderlick score. It's
0: true. He had a 48. He had the highest look score. Out of possible possible 50, is that right? Highest Wunderlich score, 50, yes. right? High- highest Wunderlich score yeah. of all time. And he says that basically everybody starts every interview they have with him asking him about the look
1: What do you think about the
0: look I think it's nonsense. I think it doesn't tell you anything about how you can read a defense. And, like, it may tell you how, like, World smart somebody is, or figuring stuff out, or how they analyze. So you don't information. look to it at all. I didn't say I don't look to it at all. I said, it's... and I'm talking just for quarterbacks. So let's okay, eliminate so the rest if of this. We're only talking about quarterbacks. As long as my guy is in the average, in the middle.
1: So what are we talking? 25? Is that the middle?
0: Yeah, somewhere in the 25 to 30 range is is totally adequate. If you're really far below, or
1: so like Jeff George, who had the world's greatest arm, right, coming out of college, his 10. You that you're still would taking be, him number 1 overall? No way.
0: That's an immediate red flag to me that the guy doesn't have what it takes upstairs. What it's did a, Vince Young get? A 6. Right. You know, it's it's those that and you feel bad. You don't want to like stereotype somebody and say like, oh, they don't have the well, a- I mean, and, and they may in- not have they also may not have been paying attention that day. They may not have taken it seriously. They may have just filled out random answers. You don't know what goes th- through somebody's head, and it may just be entitlement uh that led them to that score as opposed to uh, truly not being smart enough to handle stuff. I'm sure there's guys that have had very average Wunderlich scores that have turned out to be great quarterbacks. So I don't, I don't know that the correlation's there, but I want my guy to not be an outlier.
1: Well, if you think of the guys that are doing well right now in the league, we can check out their Wunderlich scores and see. I'm yeah. sure, uh, I think Rodgers was in the 35,
0: 36 range. Sure. Uh, say, look, the quarterback position but is... But when you
1: interview a quarterback before you draft him, Don't you think you'd be able to tell just talking football with the guy immediately more so than on a standardized test
0: immediately? It's if if you can speak to a quarterback and ask him about every single every single wide receiver route and what type of coverages he's going to face depending on the route tree that the guy is going to run and what he's going to be looking for in those particular situations and then concepts Uh, you know concepts are so key they're always trying to Uh, set the groundwork for things you do further on in the game so it's not just about uh, one play in a bubble it's about okay we're gonna run this deviation four separate times and we're hoping on the fourth time we're gonna see a look that tells us he's gonna react the same way he did the first three and that's when we're gonna shoot for a different combination so those types of things go into game planning the entire time so they may run the same play same look three times in a row hoping that that corner and that safety say, okay, this is what they're going to run, this is what they're going to run. But the fourth time, the plan is to deviate from that and read that coverage. And you have to have a quarterback sharp enough to know those things, and you also have to have a quarterback uh, sharp enough to know cadence, Uh, not only cadence but also um, the terminology that goes into the simple calling of a play. Because when you call a play as a quarterback, you line up every guy on that line every wide receiver their route, every running back their route with what you spit out of your mouth in the huddle. So, you know, your 11-word sentence that doesn't make any sense to the average person, you know, blue delta pig, 48 shuffle, uh, you know, red-white counter on three, right? All, all that, uh, that that terminology that goes into it, every single guy needs to know exactly where their part is, and then the quarterback has to process all that information, and turn it around instantaneously it's it's nearly impossible so for me it's well, like does the guy have th- the gut instincts to play that position do you see it all translate almost like effortlessly i would
1: love to go back in history and to be in the room when jeff fisher was talking to vince young and see cuz we all saw the the uh, usc game sure and in my opinion the best college football game i've probably ever seen
0: i mean he was an amazing and college that,
1: football player and that usc team was loaded a fantastic team, and you just knew whoever had the ball last was going to win that right. well, game. Who was the
0: quarterback of USA? Matt Leinart. Yeah, right. Exactly. Another can't miss prospect, a quarterback from from the U, from USA, I should say. The U shouldn't uh, be associated with that. Um, all right. So David and Joku goes uh, pick number thirteen to the Carol or to I'm sorry the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and that brings us to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. I have the privilege of making the Philadelphia Eagles pick. That is pretty exciting for me. All right. So. Um, this it may be is, a big
1: pick tomorrow. It be the hometown
0: pick. This That's is a, a dream scenario for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, a dream scenario I was because hoping you weren't say sitting right here at pick number 14 without having to move an inch, without having to go anywhere, is the counter to Ezekiel Elliott in their very own division. A piece uh, to that offense uh, that I think will play a huge part for the Philadelphia Eagles for years to come. Uh, with the 14th pick in the 2017 Quizzo Mock Draft, Philadelphia Eagles select Leonard Fournette, running back, LSU.
1: Well, it's a no-brainer for the Eagles to get—what uh, do they have, a 30-year-old Ryan Matthews carrying the Rocks? It's a no-brainer. There's there's nothing Just to discuss. A career of up and down, and you've got your second-year uh, quarterback. What better gift to give him than— uh,
0: no, I think it's a no brainer. And and if it's not him, actually, it could be Kit McCaffrey, it could be Cook.
1: Uh, th- this is the worst wide receiving core in football last year. But they, but addressed, they it. addressed it through free agency. Right. So
0: You you added what you're looking to add. There's plenty of other wide receiving prospects it, later it, in this draft. It's unusual
1: this late in the draft to see both the number one running back and the number one receiver still on the board and two tight ends have been taken already. So if you're the Eagles, you're very happy all, all needs there. Um yeah, you know, dream, there's, no, there's no lineman I would say is worth the pick. So.
0: Nope. They're, I mean, I think the Eagles would be the type of team to trade up to get this guy. I think this this type of guy, knowing you have your quarterback, yeah. knowing that you're ready to build the offense for the uh, future. Yeah. You just signed so to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I mean, yeah, Alshon's not
1: an old man. No. Not at all. I mean he's injured like an old man. Right, but, but there's other at wide any point receivers, in time, go, he could Come
0: back in round two and get Zay Jones. Come back and, and add a, a talented wide route. There's plenty of guys later in this draft. Fournette, that's a difference maker on that team. He's a he's a guy that's a face for that city, balances out that team and gives them a counter uh, to the Cowboys, who are, you know, let's face it, that's the model right now. Great offensive line, solid running game, and and try to win that way. So, that's where we go. And uh, pick fifteen. Now we got the Indianapolis Colts. You're up with that.
1: All right, tough spot I think for the Colts here. Um, you got Andrew Luck. And it's the only thing you've gotten right in the last five years. Yeah, that's true. Okay.
0: They got Ryan Kelly. I like. I like that pick quite a bit. Is that, that their center? There. Yeah, that's their center.
1: All right, that was a great pick. Now, they can't draft another wide receiver. They have just drafted so many wide receivers. And and they're not they're not untalented guys. Uh you gotta protect Andrew Luck. Um so uh geez, I don't know. That defense could use some help too. <laughs> it's
0: true. There's there's interesting players I, though available. Alright, I just
1: I feel like the question marks surrounding the tackles I could see them taking here. Are high and really to get a guy like Ruben Foster in the middle of your defense, a guy to just play. All right, I'm going to protect Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm going to play it safe uh, in the sense of playing smart and just grab myself the best offensive lineman left.
0: Sure. You don't want to hear the criticism of how do you not draft another offensive lineman? Yeah, line with you just, that team you just have to. Add. All right, who are you going for?
1: Talk about, well, you know, you question the love of football and all these things, but, uh, I just think in the spot you got to go with Ryan Ramzik.
0: Yeah. All right. So, offensive tackle from Wisconsin, one year wonder, a guy who played, uh, played Juco, uh, for a while and then started one year at Wisconsin. But he has the, the traits you look for. Really, really strong bend. What I, what I noticed when I watched tape on Ramzik was he had, um, Strong leverage. He had good push, but he had great bend. He got very, very low, which is hard to do as a left tackle that big. So, you know, that's a very, very strong positive. He doesn't have a lot of playing experience, uh, so you don't love that. And he's got injury history. So that's probably why he's not a top 10 pick. But if he didn't have those things, if he had higher playing experience and injury history, he probably would have gone ahead of Cam Robinson because of his ability to bend. So. Interesting pick there, but a good one. I don't think you can criticize it because if you get a guy who's going to be a left tackle, or at worst a right tackle, on your putrid offensive line when you have a franchise quarterback, well,
1: the thing that they should have done is years ago address the line.
0: Yeah, but they started. The so we're now, this far into so now you have career. two years in a row, yeah, where the offensive line has got two first round picks, and you build from there. So I, I think that's a solid pick, and it's a good spot for him. Um, you know, I personally think that Feeney. The Indiana guard is the best offensive lineman in this draft. That's my personal opinion above everybody else. Um, But it's hard to justify taking a guard over a potential starting left tackle. I think if you went Forrest Lamp here, who's the safer play at guard, then I would have said I like Feeney more than Lamp because Lamp is a tackle converting to guard, and Feeney just knows how to play guard.
1: Well, I like both of those guys. I just don't like them at 15.
0: There, well, there you go. All right, so it brings us to the Baltimore Ravens at pick number 16. And, uh, oh, God, do I love making picks for the Baltimore Ravens because they're just so easy to pick for. I mean, they have a... They're a, so good at it. Not only are they good at it, but they have such a clear M.O. You know yes, what I mean? And, the Ravens don't...
1: And and the thing is, really, right here, another spot I could see them trading out
0: for and
1: just loading up.
0: That's, that's not what they're going to do. No, you think now they have the,
1: somebody on the there's somebody on the radar I, here
0: i think the baltimore ravens are no dummies they have the biggest ties to the university of alabama of any program i've ever seen because of ozzie newsom's very close relationship with that program they draft alabama guys constantly and a top five talent with headaches and some problems and a diluted drug sample is sitting right there and it's deja vu all over again because they added cj mosley in the draft, a number of uh, years ago, who's turned out to be a stud, and now you can keep him at the mic and add this guy at the will linebacker, and from the University of Alabama, Ruben Foster is now a Baltimore Raven, and you could get used to hearing Ray Lewis comparisons. And comparisons well, I wanted to, to that, take
1: him for the Colts to pick ahead of here. That, that and stellar
0: defense uh, to the Ravens. Do you Just know he has an eight-year-old player?
1: <laughs> is that crazy. I mean... Good for him. The dude is, what, 20, 22? He's got an 8-year-old?
0: Keeps you grounded. Yeah. Keeps you grounded. So. Should
1: give you a perspective uh, on life I I just think I there's guess.
0: certain guys that will flourish in certain situations, and it strikes me... So let's me... talk about
1: the diluted sample for a minute, because that's why he's here. The sure. reason he's available at 16 is because of the he diluted sample. He drank a lot sample. of water,
0: according to him.
1: So, what is a lot of water? I drink a lot of water. Right.
0: This is an insane amount of water, but it's also... Look,
1: Do I, we have any idea the number?
0: Let, let's not speculate. I, I think, honestly, we know what the situation is. So he is didn't test these.
1: positive? Is it is it for smoking weed, or is it he something worse? He didn't
0: test positive, and neither did Peppers. Peppers did not test positive, but they both test positive for the diluted sample. and Which when,
1: means they drank a lot of water before w- right. they...
0: That means there wasn't enough substance in the urine beyond water to identify a positive or negative test. Okay. So, they, right, so what they, does
1: the NFL make a year? And we can't retest the guy?
0: It's 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 all such a joke. I Honestly, I don't want to spend this podcast all right. doing that. Uh, talking. Well, about I think that it's just too. an important topic. because it is, it is. I'm hearing and these it's...
1: diluted samples. I don't know what that means. And am I passing on Jabril Peppers next because the guy drank too much water because his history of cramping. He didn't feel. You, apparently you was have, under have the to weather. believe the player. Who do I believe? You
0: have to believe the player that they weren't trying to. Cover up a nefarious uh, test. That's, I mean, that's as simple as that. You have to believe that the player was legitimately overhydrating uh, and wasn't trying to cover up the fact. that Is he was it wrong weed if I believe a guy
1: from the University of Michigan and I don't believe a guy from Alabama? I mean, I don't know how the uh, I don't know how I, these things
0: work. Listen, I think that the reality is the vast majority of players in the league uh, partake in some form of uh, self medication. <laughs> Let's just put it that right, way so would he One tested way tested another
1: posi- What I'm worried about is Now that they have this diluted sample Sure I'm assuming now they're going to be drug tested Well, on, they'll, they'll get On the, a much more no, regular basis get, than They'll get
0: the same random drug testing everybody does But what will happen is they'll be entered into the program For the NFL For Are they already entered into the program? As soon as they sign their first professional contract Because of this diluted sample They will be entered into the program
1: Okay, so it makes sense to think that these guys are going to get suspended before another guy because they're going to be tested
0: more. Yes, they they are going to be watched more closely. And if they
1: have a diluted sample again, will they be tested again or are they suspended uh, four games? No,
0: well, I think that once they're in the program, okay, that's the strike. So it, it, in other words, it doesn't matter. If they test positive or if anyone tests positive in the program or out of the program, the punishment is the same. But I think that they are subject to more things because of being in this program. Uh, And that means maybe more samples, but also just more due diligence. Uh, I bet you it's more testing. For example, Martavis Bryant has to have a uh, counselor, right, a drug counselor that he meets with as a precondition to going back into the league. All
1: right. Well, that so makes sense. There's,
0: there's things along those lines. Nick that they guy's set had up enough for trouble players. at this
1: point. He sure very could talented definitely use player. A counselor.
0: Yeah, we'll see if we decide to pick him up this year because he's a, a little bit of a sleeper as uh, Ben's number two. All right, let's uh, move on. Where are we? Pick number sixteen. So number seventeen is the Washington Redskins, and Nick gets to uh, pick for Dan Snyder's franchise. Got Boy, it.
1: trying to figure out what's going on in Dan Snyder's franchise's mind. Good luck. Uh, I really don't have any idea what this team—they actually got a quarterback to get them to the playoffs, and then some reason they didn't it seems extend like the, them, It seems like the team that then, likes
0: their franchise quarterback the least in sports is the Washington Redskins. They right. finally got one, yeah. and they're just like, he's not really a franchise franchise Well, he's guy. not
1: a top 10. He's
0: like a top 12.
1: Okay, but we thought the same thing about Matt Ryan last year. And He, he have was a top able to 10 improve. Season.
0: He could have a top ten season. That's how you got to look and at. There's it. nothing really. He's an Andy Dalton. He's 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 one of those sure, perpetual. Sure, but you don't see the, the Bengals guys. bad
1: talking Andy Dalton. They, they if try I'm a to elevate fan him.
0: right now, and the Bengals called me up and said, "Hey, we'll send you Dalton. We want Richardson, the number six, and your number one next year." Yes, sir. Really done. Here you go. Wait a second. Like, hold on, Sheldon Richardson. You would give Sheldon my, Richardson the number six overall pick in this year's draft. The number six overall pick and next year's number one.
1: So, what would you give for Jimmy Garoppolo right now? Nothing. I don't know what he is. Okay, I would take the unproven Garoppolo over the. I know what I get in the playoffs. Small Andy Dalton, hands, who's had a ton of talent around him. I mean, he, he maybe the best receiver team. in the he league over the last five or team, six the guy years. He wins
0: more than he loses. He's he's a he's a very it, he does kind of scare me as, like, a Neil O'Donnell. Like, if the Jets did that, it's sort of like Neil O'Donnell part two. Like, I, I almost, as a Jet fan, just want to wait for that guy, the Andrew Luck. Like, just let him come, and then the whole fortune of the franchise will change. You know what I mean? But, like, but I mean, the cult I'm tired of waiting two of for those these guys in the last 20 years. We're not the team that gets them. The teams that get them are, like, the Steelers and the Giants. Those are the teams that get the, the Packers. They seem to, you know. But the Packers were not that team for a while. They had a bunch of bums for a while, so, you know. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. We'll see if our time ever comes. I'm a big believer that Mahomes is the guy that can change the Jets' fortune, especially for that franchise and that stadium and that climate. To get a guy that can throw the ball like he can throw the ball, um, with his accuracy, his acumen, and his desire, like you gotta go for that even more than a Trubisky. Uh, and I'd be fine if they take Trubisky at six. I could understand that that logic as well. But I'm not sure either guy will be there. We'll see. Um, all right, so we are at pick uh We're at pick 17, 17 here. I'm on
1: the yep. clock with the skins. Um man. I know what I would like to do for them here. I don't see them going this way, but I'm going to go ahead and select Mike Williams
0: from Clemson. I like it. I like it. I was thinking, you know, this would be a good spot for Mike Williams. Look, say see what you want, but they lost Pierre Garçon in free agency. Um, they did sign Terrell Pryor, uh, but right and now Deshaun
1: Jackson's gone. Deshaun Jackson, so gone. they're losing right. two. So they lost two guys. Receivers. They brought
0: one back. So this would be a nice uh, compliment to Pryor on one side, and then Crowder in the slot, and Jordan Reed is your you know stud receiving tight end. So I, I like it. It doesn't give you a lot of, of speed, but it does give you a lot of size. So well, they had
1: a lot of speed last year.
0: Yeah, and, and and they used it to an extent, but yeah. you could you could always come back and and go for a burner, a Curtis Samuel in round two, um, you know, maybe a John Ross falls down and and look for that type of guy, somebody that's really a a fast receiver to complement these guys. Crowder is more of a shifty receiver; he's not really a, a big guy, and I think the Skins would have loved Fournette. To fall all the way to them at seventeen, they wouldn't have believed. Oh that. yeah, without a doubt. Um, but you know, this is—I think Mike Williams is a good. pick. But I don't
1: there. think Fournette's going to last till seventeen.
0: No, I, I doubt it. All right, brings us to the Tennessee Titans' uh, second pick in this, and um, if you recall, who did we have? Who did you take for Tennessee in the uh, in the first uh, in the first lot there?
1: Oh, it was uh, uh, Jamal Adams. Phil.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. So they get their fuel general, and I think this is a. Um, uh, an excellent spot to be picking if you're the Tennessee Titans because there's just so much available. Now at five, they could easily looked at a Mike Williams to give Marcus Mariota a true weapon. You really go ahead, name me two two wide receivers on the Tennessee Titans right now.
1: Hmm.
0: If you if you're the first word out of your mouth is hmm, we're not off hmm. to a good start. So My point, I think, is already proven, but they lost guys. Kendall Wright was one of their best performers last year. He's gone. He signed a free agent contract elsewhere. So you look around uh, that team, and you think, all right, we got our franchise guy. There's plenty of needs on defense, but we just got a stud safety who's going to be a stalwart on our team. I'm looking at receiver, and right now I'm going to make the selection for the Tennessee Titans. at pick number 18 overall. It's going to be Corey Davis from Western Michigan, wide receiver. What's the nickname of uh, West—
1: Western Michigan. What uh, do they call themselves? Uh, what, what's the nickname of Western <laughs> Michigan?
0: So it's a horse.
1: Uh, the Western Michigan Mustangs?
0: Um, I don't believe it is the Mustangs, but it is a horse. Um,
1: <laughs> That's not good enough. We need, we need the exact...
0: We need the actual <laughs> horse of Western Michigan. You
1: can't just say it. it's a horse.
0: Horse. Now, did you say Mustangs because that's what you thought it was? No, or i you're thought, just picturing. No, the, I, I just said your type of horse. And, no, I believe the Western Michigan. I'm reasonably sure it is the Broncos.
1: Okay, so, so Western Michigan Broncos. So
0: let's let's uh, double check that because it's uh, uh, possible I'm wrong. Well, and uh, you know, well, I know that uh, I'm not.
1: You've, you've mentioned before that. You take a lot of pride in knowing all I'm the not team. Wrong.
0: You got it? It's the Broncos. It's the Broncos. Okay. Western Michigan University, the Broncos. But it did take me a minute to think about it. So, And that's a pretty tough one. That is not an easy one. No, no.
1: You're one for one so far.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I passed that test. Uh, well, all right, so we're, yeah, we're, obviously
1: the need there. Their number one need is wide receiver. Yeah, I the, think it's no, good. The pick. number one receiver is not on the board, but this kid from Western Michigan could
0: be as good. Four year starter, very polished, great routes, tremendous great size, hands, big size, good speed, just every, everything you're looking for. The only different, you know, the only knock on him is that he went to Western Michigan, which is a smaller school, but they're an up and coming program. They've produced some t- uh, talented players. They had a good quarterback, so I'm, I'm very comfortable with this pick there.
1: Yeah, uh, and small school receivers, I mean... Sure. That's not... Jerry enough. Rice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh, I think he was, I think he, was I think he ended
1: up being all right.
0: There's there's plenty of guys, you know. Plenty of guys come from small schools that end up being huge uh, contributors in, in the NFL, and this uh, this is a very solid pick for them. And, you know, you could have gone with John Ross, uh, get a speedster, but all right, I, so I, in, I don't look at Ross as a one. I look at him as a slot guy who's got deep threat capability and not that much more.
1: In 2006... The Packers, in the second round, yep, pick number 52 overall, selected a wide receiver from Western Michigan.
0: They sure did. And it was a a pick that they acquired via trade, um, because if you remember, they had a stud receiver drafted the year before from Florida State, who set all kinds of records. Yeah, was that Um, only, he
1: only spent one year on the Packers?
0: Maybe two. Maybe two. Yeah, uh, I think he. I think he was there for two years, and they
1: traded him to the Broncos.
0: Right, and they traded him to the Broncos, and then Greg Jennings yes. was selected in the second round, and that was uh, they pick... turned him into Greg Jennings. That, that's absolutely right. From Western Michigan, who uh, had many great years uh, with the Packers. Yeah, yeah, tremendous career. So we got to
1: figure out who that uh, wide receiver was from Florida State. I'm throwing a blank. Uh, J- J- Javon.
0: Javon uh, the, 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 Walker. Javon Walker. There you All go, right. Florida State. Nice. And he was basically a bomb, if I remember. In Denver, did not uh, did not produce at the level they were expecting to get for him.
1: No, the Packers were right to get him out at the right time. You know, All it's right, a, so an interesting place to
0: be. in Green Bay. Pick number nineteen. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. What do you got? For All right, this is, is my Bay
1: favorite. Uh, when it, when we did this, and I saw I'd be picking for Tampa Bay, I was excited. I really love this Tampa Bay team.
0: Yeah, I do too. I'm a big fan. They're building it the right way.
1: Yes. I was very skeptical when they fired Lovey so turned quickly. Out to be the right move. And, you know, they just uh, love the young talent. Um, many places to go here. I just need to take they, a second to figure out exactly. You know, as I see it right here, there's really only like one offensive playmaker that I see as being a fit and uh, something that... They've dealt with, oh, man, last year, how many running backs did they go through?
0: Jeez. Myriad.
1: All right, we're going to take Dalvin Cook from Florida State. I love it. Just makes Stay perfect in Florida. sense. Just
0: makes perfect sense.
1: Didn't I mean, he play with uh, yeah, yeah. Winston? There's no question. For a year he, a while ago. Right. So there's he, he, probably he's, some, some he, love there. He's,
0: he's the perfect fit for that team for everything that they do. He's just – he's a very, very good fit for that team. He can uh, catch the ball out of the back. Yeah, there's field. a little concern they about keeping him in Florida. Room. He's got some off-the-field issues, supposedly, you know, some background stuff, and he comes from, you know, checkered stuff uh, in the past. And there's a little bit of a concern about bringing him back to Tampa and keeping him that close to home. But I think Winston is a role model, and, and uh, they do a decent job in Tampa Bay, at least, uh, uh, keeping things under control there. So I love that pick. I think he fits what they do. He's a Florida kid. He's certainly going to be happy and – uh you know, playing a maximum. You you know, from a strategy standpoint, it's a good point to to when do you draft a running back and how high do you take one? And the way I look at it is that's a decision based on the state of your franchise. When you have your franchise quarterback, when all of those pieces are already in place and you're starting to make a push, that's when you go get a premier running back. You don't do it the other way around when you don't have a franchise quarterback because their their shelf life is so short at peak level you don't waste it, right? So, while for you're example, still rebuilding like, around them like right the Jets, now at pick
1: six—it's not the time for the Jets to, to, to select Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Right, it would be a terrible pick. Because he's, you can't win in today's NFL on the back of one runner.
0: Right, he's going to be two or three years with a very average quarterback situation. It's, it's now a if you guy, look at
1: Dallas, now they hit gold with Dak Prescott. Prescott, and nobody expected it. But Tony Romo was a very serviceable quarterback, if a more, not a top more than eight, serviceable. seven P- guy. People,
0: I think, were clamoring. So for what him. do they do? They thought they could three years him. ago, they
1: started to rebuild their the line. line. They already had Des Bryant. That's when you add Ezekiel Elliott and. I do think that the Cowboys, with Romo this year, a healthy Romo, win as many games as they did with
0: Dak. Oh, I, I think that Romo would definitely have been able to perform behind that line. whether he could stay healthy is the better well, question. Sure. So, and that's know, why Dak is your... And he, we'll see, because everybody's very down, high right. on Dak, but I worry that he's going to regress significantly this year, and you're going to see a different... Well, I
1: worry that he would regress if you lose that line and you lose that running back, but if they play it the
0: way they did this year... Sure, Uh, it remains to be seen. But still, he made very, very smart, sound decisions. They didn't ask him to do a lot. They did a lot of rollouts. Teams are going to be able to scheme against that this year and defend against it. They're going to stack the line. They're going to make him beat them deep and quick. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, how many so, games did
1: they, did they win? 14 games last year.
0: Yeah, it's
1: uh, so they'll win 12 this year, maybe something maybe like 11, that. you know, but yeah. but and I, maybe I, the I, NFC. East.
0: They still need to focus on defense and they're an overall excellent team. So, OK, brings us to pick number 20, the Denver Broncos. And I get to make this pick for the Denver Broncos. And this is, you know, uh, really, really very interesting when you look at what kind of uh team Denver has put together historically it's been a defensive uh oriented team but now i think the uh the onus is on them to improve the offense because the offense was really a uh a strangle on them last year uh, you, you're you're working into very very young quarterbacks you're coming out of the Peyton Man- Manning legacy time period uh, their running game was weak their offensive line was weak So I think you're looking at a partial rebuild of that entire offense. So I'm going to start in that process by addressing a big ugly, and I think it's a guy that just feels like a Denver Bronco to me. And uh, I wish he played running back so uh, uh, I could yell (laughs) this. Um, But, you know, it it comes down to uh, loyalties, right? Because you got two options here for the Broncos. You have the nostalgic feel-good pick, right? hey, this guy played and his kid's available and he's a good player and he could go on and he could do all kinds of things for our team. Or you have the, do we get better on the offensive line because our offensive line is basically a big barrel of doo-doo right now. Right. I so, think you
1: know how I feel.
0: How do you feel? What would I feel you do? like
1: you got to address the offensive line if you're that team.
0: That's how I feel. So I am going to say for the better of the organization. Nobody wins
1: whole. the draft, right? right? We win in November and December. Right. So even bet- though the flashy player or the feel good story, that's not what John Elway going
0: to do. For, for the betterment of the offense as a whole, the Denver Broncos, with pick 20 in the 2017 Quizzo Mock draft, select Forrest Lamp tackle slash guard Boo. from Western Kentucky. <laughs> That'll be the Denver fans. Nah, they yeah, want, and you can't they blame them for what They, want, kid, McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, they he, want McCaffrey. They want McCaffrey. Yeah, I a, understand just that. He's the five-star guy. They just gave Anderson and, all that money. Can't I don't him. believe Elway... Anderson was an undrafted free agent. Look what they turned him into. I don't believe John Elway is a draft A... Uh, running back who's going to come in with all these expectations because of how good his dad was and all that other stuff and all the comparisons and all that. They need an offensive line. They can get a running back in round two and round three or round four to compliment C.J. Anderson, who's coming back at full strength next year. Yeah, didn't they
1: have a, a guy money. that they thought
0: was a good They just drafted they one had... last year. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and I don't know that everybody's ready to give up on him, but he was one of those guys that came into the fantasy year. And you're talking about a, house a team of fire with was so much
1: offensive talent other than line and... I, look, their quarterback situation I, I can see them doing McCaffrey
0: him. But if I'm John Elway I'm rebuilding the offensive line And I'm starting with Lamp Who could play tackle He could play uh, guard Either slot You could probably play the guy At all five positions In a pinch if you needed to But he's going to be A 10 year start He's a nasty player He looks like a Denver Bronco I wish he was a running back So I could say run Forest run But maybe if he recovers A fumble one day That'll that'll happen
1: Alright Forrest Lamp Out of Western Kentucky The
0: Ooh Western Kentucky didn't even think about that one. The Hilltoppers, yes. The Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers, yes. That's a good one. Thank you. Where are we at here? I should have. uh I oh, should have realized easier. you would ask me the tough ones, so I should have boned up. <laughs> well, on I don't them. think
1: you were. I didn't think you were expecting any of it. So.
0: Well, no, but that's good because I don't want to have to. I just want to know it. No, I'm not going well, to not hill- going to give you the Buckeyes. See, the Hilltoppers are, no, nah, I'm giving you the easy ones. The Hilltoppers are from NCAA tournament fame because they made sure, that was many the many years yes. of uh, tournaments where, you know, that's that's usually where I learned them. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next pick. It's gonna be pick twenty-one, Detroit Lions. All right, well, this—that's great. You get to make a pick for the Lions, your rival. I get to make a pick for the Dolphins, my rival. Coming so up we'll, next, Yeah, So we'll see how much we screw our respective rivals. But uh, well, I, I already it, got to keep pick it fair out there, as we like to say.
1: I already got to pick for the Bears, and there's no need to worry about Minnesota because they were able to screw it up themselves yeah, they by got giving
0: Sam Bradford the pick.
1: Yes. All right. All right. No doubt about it, Detroit Lions addressed defensive end here. Uh, somebody to go opposite clear, Z. Clear guy the, for me. Clear guy. Well, see, this is where th- there, there's a few guys here.
0: and There's one that I cannot believe has fallen this far, and it's like I want to try to get it right. I going to try to get me. it right. It's bothering but, me because I like him so much that I would have taken him all the way at six for the Jets.
1: Wow. I don't know that I will have him or not, but there's at least four or five guys I could see them taking here. I'm going to go with Derek Bennett from Tennessee. Derek Barnett. D- sorry, Derek Barnett from yep. Tennessee. That's the guy. Is that the guy? That's the guy. All right. So I got it. I got it right. No,
0: no question. No question. He, okay. he, he is a top five talent in my opinion. He's the hardest working man in college football. That's, that's my nickname for Derek Barnett. Never takes a play. He's the opposite of Miles Garrett. Now, here's what I'm going to say about Miles Garrett. All <laughs> the physical talent in the world, but I think once he gets paid and once he goes to Cleveland, Forget
1: it. Well, you've heard what forget Warren Sapp it. had to say about him, right? Forget it. Just forget it. Do guys. you care about what Warren? Let's just go back to that real quick. Does Absolutely. that make any difference to Absolutely you? Absolutely not. No, you don't
0: think. No, but a guy I... like Warren Sapp, who but I succeeded... do. Think... I think he can give you insight into that thing we're talking about. That, that's what I'm wondering. So yes,
1: is that insight into the thing? Yeah, maybe from maybe a guy not. who
0: you know. That doesn't mean he's right. It just means he's trying to get it right. So the thing is, I'm surprised
1: he would just come out and make the statement. That's what I guess. Surprises me Not particularly. And we're just talking about how Warren Sapp Came out and said that Miles Garrett is not a number one overall Yes, yes, so if, you're not, if you're his, not sure what we're referencing Yeah, 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 he was basically calling him lazy on, is, yeah. is the way to say he it He makes, t- took makes plays four out. or five plays a game and Well, to
0: give you an example um, Miles Garrett had 18 sacks in the SEC Okay, Derek Barnett He had 33 in uh, total sacks Of those 33, 27 were in the SEC Okay, he's the all, Tennessee's all-time leader in sacks. You know whose record he took? Reggie White. Reggie White, okay? Nonstop motor. Never quits on a play. I watched a play. This was when I knew he was the kind of talent I was looking for, where it was a three versus five. Three guys rushed, okay? Two guys took him. He shed both blockers and from the backside pursuit chased down the running back and made the tackle, and they had swung a guard out to pull, Okay? He chased behind that guard and got the guy back basically one yard past the line of scrimmage when it was a three on five. That's incredible. He he just, he has those football instincts. He doesn't have the insane measurables like that a guy like Garrett does or whatever, he has good measurables. His right. measurables like are his fine. Speed. You're talking about his speed, yeah, his, his speed, length, his, his height, explosion. his hands, all that stuff that they want to overanalyze. What he is, and I hate this analogy is he's a football player. Well, of course, they're all football players, right? No, there's I, a difference. Yes, but this guy there's is there's a
1: workout warrior. This is and this is a, a guy, guy who's around the football.
0: This is a guy that doesn't care if you pay him money or not.
1: <laughs> he would play football for free. Right. If it was if like, you allowed if him you, to, if you drop, oh, if, you, if you, you could just get a team full of island. those guys, you so, know how it would translate. Right?
0: And and when you identify them, they're hard to pass up in my mind because that's what you want, and everything else you can overlook. So I I think that pick becomes uh, just a tremendous pick for the Lions. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. He'll never end. never last. There. Yeah, there was a lot of. Stuff that happened in our mock draft. Uh, well, it's a premier position, are gonna, yeah, you know, and factoring.
1: I'm I'm glad it won't happen. To be honest with you, I don't need to see him two
0: times. No, anymore. you don't want him. No, but I do think the Lions are going to be looking in that direction, regardless. So other names that are potential, uh, if they don't end up with him as uh, as a pick, they could be looking at Taco Charlton from Michigan. That would certainly make sense. A defensive end, very very similar. He's like a poor man's Barnett, but like all the things I love a Barnett. I hate about (laughs) Trump. So that's what would, that's exactly the guy you want. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, right. You know, he's got that talent, but he doesn't have that drive. He takes constant plays off. He's not one of those worker B types. So, um, you know, all right. Uh, brings us to the Miami dolphins at pick number 22 as we're moving on here. And I think this is actually an easy, easy, easy pick for me to make too. Um, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, uh, disloyal to the Dolphins. I think if I were the GM uh, of the Dolphins, this is exactly what I would do, and I wouldn't even think twice about it based on how this board has fallen. Uh, and the pick for the Dolphins at pick 22 is going to be Temple linebacker Hassan Reddick, who's a very versatile player that can play multiple different positions. You pair him with Kiko Alonso, and you have two Explosively fast end-to-end linebackers To chase down and make plays You already have a little bit of a pass rush And a very strong defense Well, we're definitely on the
1: same page Because that was the other guy I was really in between
0: So I think that's a solid pick And I think Miami would be thrilled, thrilled, thrilled To get him there Alright, what else we got going?
1: We're so, up to the Giants here at Pick 23 And this is where I see Taco Charlton coming off I think the Giants... Need a little bit of a pass rush upgrade, uh, somebody to get after
0: Dak. Um, I like it. I, th- I think it's a good fit for them, and, and he's the right fit because they run a 4-3, a very traditional uh, hand in the ground. See, the thing is, like you're down to two pass rushers that I think are really worth something at this point. Um uh, Tigerus McKinley from UCLA. Yeah, they're coming off quick here. all, right. all of a sudden and, and, and then around and Charlton. But the difference is, even though both guys are edge, I think McKinley projects better to a three-four guy that can do a little bit more in coverage and can play back a little bit as a three-four end. Whereas right, it doesn't have to rush every. Charlton way. is, you know, JPP style, hand in the dirt, go at him, son. And and that's a very very good pick. And the Giants have a, a history of getting these late round first round defensive ends and developing them into studs. You know, John uh, Pierre Paul is obviously a huge example of that. So, all right, we're going to move right along into pick four for the Oakland Raiders. And if you're the Raiders, I think you're supremely disappointed that Redick is off the board at that spot because uh, right there, you just had such a great opportunity to add a compliment to, Mac and what they've built on that defense, so you know bitterly disappointing for them, so you look at the different defensive options, certainly they would have been happy with a defensive end like Barnett falling to them. Uh, I even think they might have considered um, you know a, a player like Forrest Lamp, but I'm going to go kind of um, in a different direction here and try to uh, keep adding to the secondary and uh, make a pick that I think might be a little bit outside the box um uh, for this team and uh, and that's going to be Kevin King, the cornerback for Washington, uh, a guy that's got a nice size uh, length ratio, a little bit raw, definitely needs some development, but I think if you're the Oakland Raiders and you're looking to defeat teams like the Denver Broncos on a consistent basis, you want guys that can go match up uh, mano a mano with their number one ride, wide receivers, and uh, I think King gives you a uh, a physical presence there. There's other guys that I was considering, some pass rush guys, uh, including McKinley, that, that was uh, an option. Um, but I think, you know, the run on cornerbacks is going to start very soon. And by the time you get back around to the end of round two for the Raiders, there's going to be nothing left to, to address their secondary. And I think they really need to focus on adding some bodies there. So it's going to be Kevin King, the cornerback from Washington.
1: Yeah, the Raiders need help at every level of defense. Um, great young team. I think offensively, now they signed the running back, so that would have been a need had I had, uh, had they not gotten beast mode there. So really it's just a matter of where you want to address it. Uh, you know, Kink definitely looks the part. Uh, big physical guy, a lot of success in in college, so I like it. I like right. him. I actually still thought he was going to go to Seattle. Yeah, uh, but, I sort of had that as in but my I think, mind. I uh, think what happens still a couple of picks away. I so. think
0: what happens a lot of times is guys will project a player to a particular team, not realizing that okay, teams ahead of them are thinking right. Yeah, that's right. That's right in the wheelhouse of where I want to take that guy. So I think this is one of those situations where King, the Seattle's been mocked constantly because he's a Washington kid. He looks like Richard Sherman. He fits that mold. See, but I'm gonna tell you something from a technical standpoint, football wise. Richard Sherman is successful because they only make him play the boundary because Earl Thomas can play over the top and play different zones. Sure. So he's only had his entire career to play against the boundary. He's never—they've never asked him to uh, to become the type of player that has to then shift to the middle of the field. So he's become an expert in that. If he went to a team where uh, they do what like Belichick does, and it was a, you know like a revis type coverage where it was you know single man. <laughs> he's, he's never had to do that before. You can't teach an old dog new tricks that easily. So you got to be very careful about where you project Sherman to. Now, I understand the thought process in bringing King into that situation and then molding him into that because he's tall and lanky, but like he has range. So I think he can play the middle of the field um, and, and you can use him in different schemes. So I don't think a team uh, that's looking at, at, picking him up like the Raiders who don't play necessarily. Although I'll tell you what, the Raiders scheme and the Seattle scheme are very, very similar. Ken Norton Jr. If you, if you remember as the uh, Raiders defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. he was in Seattle under Pete Carroll. So they do run very similar concepts. So I can see that that type of overlap.
1: Yeah, he's definitely trying trying to build his defense much like
0: the Seahawks. Yep, so we got uh, pick 25 Houston Texans, and Nick's going to make that pick.
1: All right, so the the Texans here, I look at this team, their, te- their defense is great, uh, one of the best in the league. Boy, they've got talent at receiver. They've got a great young running back. The offensive line, eh, but I just, the thing they're missing, you know, when Tony Romo, before he retired, I thought he was going to end up in in, in Houston. Sure, I think everybody did. And I thought that that was going to be the team to challenge the Patriots. I'm not saying that this guy is anywhere near going to do that, but I I think at this point you have to just take the quarterback, the best available quarterback to you. And I would go with Deshaun Kaiser at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know Bill O'Brien definitely has some some ties to Notre Dame as a program uh, through connections, not directly, but there there are some uh, some things. And, and I think from a physical standpoint, Kaiser does the things. O'Brien is a traditional guy. He he wants your QB to be able to make a lot of line of scrimmage reads, uh, to be able to do a lot of things that are on an advanced level. And Kaiser has the brain to handle those uh, those types of things. So he's th- the problem that you have as the Texans is you've got a win now team ready to compete, and you're going into next season with Tom Savage and Deshaun Kaiser as your quarterbacks. Sure. So I think that's a really, really problematic situation. If ideally, if you were Houston,
1: well, Tom Savage would be the starter.
0: I, you know, but honestly, it. I know this sounds crazy, but I would reach out to Jay Cutler. I, I, would, I, would, draft oh, I would, I would draft Kaiser. I would draft Kaiser, but absolutely. I would reach out to Cutler and say, "Look, Kaiser, you're going to redshirt." You're not going to see the field this year, not going to sniff football this year. You're just going to be built from the ground up. Savage, you're going to be our backup. Cutler, God bless you. We'll give you a one-year deal, a prove it deal, you know, maybe you can get a rejuvenated career going here for a couple of years, and we got a win now team. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, line. Cutler
1: rejuvenated himself when he went to Chicago. I think he wears people out. Yeah, but I think but you he might still have yeah. a couple of decent years. Yeah, I don't and think got he's, a good team. You know, I don't they, think they got he's some players shot
0: physically. I think he just wears you out. Don't have to play teammates. in cold weather. You know, there's there's a lot to like about that. Uh, yeah, that man, fit. chuck
1: it up to DeAndre Hopkins That's and hand saying. it off to Lamar Miller.
0: That's what I'm saying. I you like the Notre Dame line.
1: I like the Notre Dame receiver they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's
0: fast. He's got a, you know, Cutler's got a big arm. I I think it just makes sense. And I think this pairing would make sense, too, because you've protected yourself long term and short term. You've given yourself a shot to win now. Maybe not the best shot to win now, but the best shot you have to win now. I Uh, I could easily see them going offensive line here. Sure. But
1: I think the risk reward, if you are able to nail a. A I potential like starting quarterback.
0: All right, so it does bring us to the Seattle Seahawks at pick 26, and, and they are a team that, in my opinion, is in desperate need of offensive line help. And sure enough, uh, there is a beautiful offensive lineman sitting right there for the Seattle Seahawks, who I think fits into what they do so perfectly. Uh, could play multiple positions on the line, is an older guy, so he's ready to start right now, went on a Mormon mission for multiple years, so he's 25 entering uh, football, or 24, but he's going to turn 25 in the middle of the first season, and uh, could probably, you know, get by as an adequate left tackle. I don't think he's going to be a stud left tackle ever, but I think he could be an adequate NFL left tackle, and if you looked at Seattle and what their offensive line produced last year, an adequate left tackle would be a good place to start. So, we are going to draft from the University of Utah, the Utes, don't even ask me, uh, Garrett Bowles tackle, who has a bowl haircut, by the way. If you look at his picture, it's like one of those very, very bowls. Garrett Bowles Garrett haircut. Bowles haircut, yep. So that's going to be... Yeah, that's the
1: pick there. I mean, best offensive lineman on the board for Seattle, right? It's a no-brainer. Yeah. He could
0: play every position on the offensive line except center, so you could throw him to right, throw him to guard. There's, you need everything. So I I kind of look at that as a uh, as a perfect marriage uh, for Seattle. And he could play right away. He's a mature kid. That's a big thing for them.
1: All right. So the Chiefs are up next here, pick twenty seven. And they're bummed. Yeah, they are. They want use. Kaiser. They could use a quarterback to to groom. Um, and, and I think that's has Alex and, Smith taken as far as they can go. I
0: think Andy Reid had visions of Donovan McNabb with Deshaun Kaiser, and what he did with McNabb, he could do with Kaiser. So.
1: Yeah. So where do we go? The city of Kansas City. Uh, the city of Kansas <sighs> City. Well, they could use a corner.
0: Sure. They have a good one. They have one good one. They've drafted a corner in the first round, so it's interesting. It's funny how you see certain teams that have like a tendency to draft certain positions in the first round, and they sort oh, of yeah. stack that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you have uh, coaches that feel comfortable evaluating one position or the other. I uh, look at the Jets and defensive line. Yeah, for that's, that's exactly
0: years. what I was thinking. But I think Kansas City in corners is, is one of those uh, same things. Andy Reid has always liked taking corners.
1: So this is sort of the I don't know, first real reach I feel like I've done. I, I don't understand exactly why this guy has been falling down draft boards. Uh, but what I saw out of him, he looked like a, a lockdown corner to me, traditionally. Tredavious White. I love
0: it. I love LSU. I I think the guy, all he has is all around solid game with very limited flaws, and it's just for for me, guys like him, where you have a very very high floor but a fairly low ceiling, are exactly what you look for in the NFL draft. That's right, you're avoiding a, a landmine. 20, you're picking a, you're 27, picking a guy who's going to start for you. Right. You're picking a guy who's not going to bust out of the league, who's going to have a solid NFL career. Okay, he's not going to be the best quarterback ever, but it's like people are like, well, he's not Darrell Rivas. So, right,
1: Well, nobody is.
0: Right, that's the point. You know, Too many times they look at a guy and they be like, well, he could be Darrell Rivas. It's like, yeah, he also could be nobody. So I love the pick. Um, I think that's a great pick, and I don't think it's a reach at all. I, I don't know why he's... Going down boards, and especially with cornerback situation the way it is, yeah, a lot of the all top these guys, guys are injured, Connelly, or there's... you know, Connolly would have gone. Oh by now, yeah, way, long time way ago, gone. probably ahead of King. Sure, but uh, you know, we're, we're sitting in a situation where you don't know if he's about to be charged with rape.
1: Right, so he could be, uh, you know, he could be out of the league
0: next year. Right, so it's like you know, he game. could be in jail. You know, yeah, you, you can't draft no him in the
1: first round. Right,
0: he might not get drafted at all. This is terrible timing for the guy. I Remember what happened to Lyle Collins several years ago. His ex girlfriend, who he hadn't seen in over a year and a half, died, and his name wasn't immediately cleared, so no one drafted him. The Cowboys signed him as an unrestricted free agent after the draft, and now he's their starting right guard. Yeah, so they they got. That's why I don't
1: understand not drafting a guy because there's a chance that he didn't do it. So, sure, and, and could not draft him at all.
0: And, and, and every single team has to make that that call whether or not they're willing to waste. The Jets had three seventh round picks that year that drove me crazy that they didn't oh, take him with geez. one of them. It's like you know, two the of them didn't. E- two, ne- two of them didn't even make out, make it out of training camp. So, <clears throat> you know, and I understand McCagnin was a rookie GM. You don't want your whole draft to be about. So, how was it drafting the guy who's a convicted murderer?
1: Yeah, oh you sure,
0: know, and which basically is what happens if that guy. Of is course, found, you want right.
1: high character guys. and it
0: was also coming off the heel of Aaron Hernandez and everything that was going on with him. So there was a lot of like you know skepticism there. So. Makes sense. All right, so brings us to the Dallas Cowboys pick number 28. And it's interesting here for the Cowboys because you look at a team that clearly has everything you could ever want on offense. Everything you could ever want on offense. But they got a lot of holes on defense, Nick. And I'm not convinced this team can win long term unless they really invest in upgrading their defense. Oh, if I was
1: the Cowboys, I would invest my first three picks on defense before I even thought about Good news,
0: Good news for them. Not only do they have the guy they've been targeting this whole time, but they've got the future face of their defense sitting right there for them, and he can go hang out with his brother on day trips, meet halfway in Texas, because from the University of Wisconsin, the Dallas Cowboys select T.J. Watt, edge rusher, from the University of Wisconsin. I know I said that twice, but...
1: Right, well, I mean, the pedigree... That's it's a no-brainer.
0: You, you got a guy who's a, a football player, as they say, who's been taught by one of the best who's displayed everything you'd like to see in college. He's a linebacker. And I picture when man.
1: those guys are hanging out, they're just chopping wood or something. Right. So and only like, like, all they talk about is football moves. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, so I'll give you a perfect example. When I watched tape of T.J. Watt, the first thing I noticed, he's the only college player this year I saw who knows how to use an arm chop. Oh, wow. Okay. So there you go. There's not a single guy that I saw who can effectively use the arm chop. You go watch him. He's doing what T- what J.J. does. He can get off of blocks because he knows how to take leveraged angles with arm chopping. No, none of these other guys have learned that yet. Not one of them, including Barnett, who's the most polished of all of them. Watt is going to be a special player. I'm a little scared about can his body hold up to the way he plays. Because J.J. can't even hold up to the way he plays. He's a much bigger guy. Two
1: years we've lost him to injury?
0: Right. Out of the last, what, four? This guy plays even more reckless. He plays even crazier. So I I worry about that aspect of it. But from a talent standpoint, a leadership standpoint, a gut standpoint, the Dallas Cowboys now have T.J. Watt leading the charge, and I think that's going to be huge for that defense moving forward. It's a perfect fit for them.
1: All right. Packers are on the board. It would have been very hard. To not take T.J. Watt there, yeah, I the felt bad. Doi- I felt
0: bad doing it to you, and I, you know, but again, that's one of those things. Everyone's got them going right there because of that, and that's where the Dallas Cowboys are sitting, one pick ahead. And you know, the Packers are not trading; they don't trade up.
1: Oh no, <laughs> they, no, they
0: they trade down. Right,
1: they traded up one time and it worked out. And for I think them. they
0: will trade down. I think if Watt is the guy they targeted, then yeah. I think in this spot. See, the problem is, if, it's, if this mocked out the way we're talking, there's really no QBs to trade up for right now. There's no. maybe one guy left who's a borderline first-round prospect I definitely don't like.
1: Right, and in today's NFL, it is really difficult to give up early draft picks for any position other than quarterback.
0: Yes, it's very, very true.
1: So, well, so this is one of those situations. My heart is, is smiling because a guy I have uh, longed for to see in a Green Bay Packer uniform is on the board. These things just never seem to go my way, though. <laughs> um, so he is there as much. I
0: think I know who you're going as for. as
1: putting Ty Montgomery uh, together with
0: McCaffrey. Oh, This is I don't know how you pass him up. I don't either you got to go? How do you not pull? And especially trigger? make Aaron Rodgers happy. I mean, that guy point, is how guy, many games guy runs has he the, won? The guy, for guy you. runs the best routes in the draft. He's the best value. And we've drafted a
1: defensive end from UCLA before. Trust, <laughs>
0: trust me, man. There's nobody there's nobody <laughs> worth that pick more than him yeah. right now. This this falls right into your lap this way.
1: All right, so from your lips to God's ears. There you go, McCaffrey to the Packers That
0: From Stanford, yeah. Of course, uh, those of you who are listening to this for the first time don't know the history of uh, McCaffrey. He is the son of uh, Eric McCaffrey, former Denver Broncos. Ed Ed McCaffrey. Did I say Eric? Yeah. Not Ed. Uh, I think he might have a brother, too, Christian, who plays in professional football as well, who's a uh, special team The thing
1: with McCaffrey, let's just go back for a second. I think this is why he's fallen to 29.
0: Uh, Is he a
1: luxury item, this type of running back that catches the ball? But... If you do the numbers, he's probably going to return three kicks a game for you.
0: He's a four down back. If he catches you four guys or five need balls, running backs, you have and... Aaron Rodgers. This is a dream come true. This guy is going to convert so many first downs for you. You're gonna, your heads are going to spin. He's the best route runner in the draft among and wide receivers and running or back. running backs. Right. So for your offense and what you do and how good Aaron Rodgers is. This is a dream scenario because this is gonna make your team virtually indefensible if Martellus Bennett can carry the weight a little bit, because that's the key. If you open up that seam down the middle, right, that's gonna take any too high safety. Right, and that's
1: why the Packers struggled in, last in, year when zone. Cook was out. They were unable to All right, do so. That. What
0: happens when a safety covers the linebacker, Nick, going straight or a safety covers the tight end who's running straight down the middle of the field? Okay. Yeah, it opens up the what happens to the running backs who release from the backfield? Who's covering them? Right, linebackers. Right, McCaffrey will eat any he, linebacker in football alive. So it's just going to he stay healthy. But I think the Packers are the team for him. That's that's just the team for him. So I'm I'm happy he's there, and I'm I'm glad you went that direction. All right, brings us to pick number thirty, and I'm happy I can make the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers because this is another one of those. Uh, teams that just like has an MO of what right. kind They're of like guy the they draft. Yeah. And this guy just fell right into the And their they always do, lap. don't they? Every single time. Now, <laughs> every
1: year when it, the Steelers draft, fortunately, like, how did that
0: guy. Fortunately, it has not fall. always worked out. In fact, recently, a guy that I was like, how did that guy fall to them? He bombed out Jarvis Jones right. from Georgia, who was a first round defensive. End. I was oh, he looked He
1: looked like a Steeler.
0: Oh, I, and and I was convinced he'd be, you know, Harrison reincarnate and be there for the next decade. He's already off the team. So he did not have a stellar career. But that's not going to prevent them from taking another swing at, at the same position. And this time, a guy that we've been talking about a couple times now for several picks is still there. And he's a perfect Pittsburgh Steeler. And it's Tackerus McKinley from UCLA, the edge rusher defensive end, who is a perfect 3 4 outside linebacker and will be an excellent Pittsburgh Steeler.
1: All right. Great pick. I, uh, I would have lined him up at thirty-one for the Falcons.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Put him opposite Beasley.
1: Yeah. Boy, the Falcons. Strange because they're so loaded on offense. I'm not sure that offensive line could use a little guard help. Um. Yeah, I think they. Could. The two. The two sort of. Um, Edge rushers I have left make me a little nervous. They're, I guess, both first-round guys, but, you know, you get to this point in the draft, these teams are, you know, they're good football teams, and that's why they're picking at 31. Sure. Um, sometimes it's just value of position, and there's so few of these edge edge rusher talents out there. Yeah, it's
0: a good year for it in terms of... Uh... A decent number of them. I just don't know how good a lot of them are. Well, I think there's a lot of false flags in And this I think group. I'm
1: staring at a lot of busts. So I think what I'm going to do for the Falcons, I'm just going to go ahead and take a guy that I don't think is going to be a bad football player for your team. And if it's not necessarily the need, well, you just made it to the Super Bowl. So, right. you know, you don't have a ton of needs. And I'm going to take uh, Malik McDowell from like Michigan it. State. It's Good football it, player.
0: It, it fits their scheme. They, they their run scheme. a 3-4, uh, very similar to um, uh, Rashid Hagman, the uh, defensive end they took from Minnesota several years ago. He's a uh, Calais Campbell-like player, a huge six-six, 300-pound, massive wingspan, more of like a defensive end in a 3-4. because um, he's. The thing about him is you, you look for three-technique guys. You know what three-technique is. um sure. Somebody who's a Warren Sapp-like, uh, quick, pluggy defensive tackle that can penetrate that gap, uh, three-technique gap, three-gap. So the, the thing about McDowell is he's not that guy. He's a hold-the-line guy. He's not a penetrator. Um, so when you're setting up a 3-4 front with a guy like him on one side and Hagman on the other, it's like... You know their goals are to, to take double teams, right? And if they not can stop the run as
1: as successful as they are at running the ball,
0: just take up two guys, yeah. take take up the tackle and take up the guard and make. And you them do have a Beasley who's you. you know one of the best. Um,
1: yeah, young Mc, sack artists The thing is about a...
0: him is you know work ethic and motor and can he keep it on? You know he's one of those guys, but I think when you draft him this late, he's got a lot to prove. He's not really guaranteed that much comparatively speaking, to a guy drafted in the top five. Right. I think once you get to the end of the first round and beyond, the factor of how much money they're making is really not there because these guys right. you are can never going to be rich. You can
1: almost afford, afford a bust at this point Here's more the thing. so than well, when you're If I'm drafting. pick six
0: and I stink and I never play and I have no motivation, I have enough money to live off of for the rest of my life at a luxurious level. Mm-hmm. If I'm pick 29, I don't. Right, I have enough to be very comfortable for the next, like, decade. Maybe if I don't squander all my money or (laughs) whatever. But, like, I need the next contract very badly. So there's a very, very different uh, risk level when you talk about taking a guy like McDowell in the bottom half of round one versus in the top ten, which physically he's a top ten talent guy. But, you know, the the work ethic things are always a concern. He's a little bit... um, A little bit raw, but I like the pick. All right, so it brings us to the New Orleans Saints, who are the last pick in the first round, and it's uh, pick 32. And again, with the Saints, um, you know, first round, who did we have uh, New Orleans take? uh, First pick, uh, uh, first time around, I should say, not Uh, first pick around. So so
1: they picked 11.
0: Yep, they went Marlon Humphrey. I had them take
1: the uh, quarterback. Quarterback from
0: Alabama. So uh, the Saints are kind of in a position where they need everything, um and what I would be looking at need here, everything on defense on defense yeah on defense of course of course of course that's exactly what I meant so all three levels all three levels um and even though they addressed cornerback they still need help in the secondary and it's a very easy pick for me to make here because there's a guy that I think offers them a particularly interesting set of skills uh, that will help a very weak secondary out which got a lot better with Marlon Humphrey and is about to get a lot lot better with this guy from the University of Connecticut safety Obi Melafonwu who is a uh, very right. uh, very diverse player, uh, can play safety, but also has the uh, the ability to match up against the more elite tight ends in football and uh, is certainly, for a man his size, uh, runs very well. Very much reminds me of Cam Chancellor uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. So if you're looking for a football comparison, uh, I think Melifonwu uh, is, is a good player. So... There is uh, the New Orleans Saints getting two uh, half of their future starting secondary. Uh, well, they need it. Yes, yes, they do.
1: Um, anybody fall out of the first round that really surprises you? Or
0: honestly, in a lot of ways, no, because I feel like the first round was pretty well represented with players that are first round talents. Uh, I know it's a little bit cliche. I mean, I, again, Dan Feeney is a guy that I think is falling because he's a guard, and guard is just not a premium position. Um, But I think he's a first round talent. Uh, And and I think, you know, you're looking at a lot of guys that feel like second rounders to me uh, that are that are going to be in the second round. So, well, there's um, one
1: guy that early in the college season last year, I thought was going to be an early pick that did not get selected in the first round. Jabril Peppers. Sure. We talked about the diluted sample. Did that hurt him? Or yeah. Or he wasn't going in the first round anyway? I,
0: I think teams have a tough time figuring out where he is. Right, because he played linebacker. He, play, he plays a safety. And running back. So he was a college novelty, but that means nothing on the NFL level. It's just like, okay, well, are you going to be a safety? Because you don't run fast enough for a safety. You can be a linebacker because you don't really. Not big enough. Big enough to be a linebacker. So it's a, what are you? I mean, I, I kind of like him as a jack of all trades. There are guys like that. Uh, Arizona utilizes a guy like Buchanan. Yeah, uh, no, oh, well, uh, I think was talking no, about. Uh, no, the honey badgers is more of a hybrid safety slash nickel, but um, Buchanan can play uh, will linebacker or free safety. So or I thought strong they've safety. given
1: up on Peppers as being a linebacker.
0: Yeah, I well, but I, I think he could play a role like Dion Buchanan, okay. uh, w- which means that like in a three four scheme, right? He can come as a third safety slash outside linebacker, and you don't know which one he's going to play. So is he going to go into a shell and cover, or is he going to come in on a blitz? So you don't know if they're in a 3-4 or a 3-3-5. Can he cover a tight end? Yes. So I think he'll be used in that that role as well. And again, I think the thing that I have a problem with is I think all these Michigan guys are overvalued because of how good a coach Harbaugh is and how good a program Michigan is, and I don't think individually any of them are that special. I think Peppers was one of these novelty... Guys, I I think he'll be a you know a player, but I I think he's he's somebody that I'm not insanely excited about. Uh, I I think I might be excited in round two. You know, uh, for the Jets at pick six in round two, that might be somebody that I would say, okay, he can he can do a lot of things on our defense, and we could use somebody like that. But I don't know what he is. You know, I don't know what he is. Um,
1: So who pulls the trigger on Joe Mixon?
0: Well, I don't think you do it in the first round because of the liability. Uh, anytime after that, now it's if you're their the Eagles game.
1: in round two,
0: well, not when you're taking Fournette. No, to but say you,
1: say you didn't get Fournette.
0: No, I don't think the Eagles are a fit either. I think uh, Howie Roseman had a comment about uh, wife beaters, where he's very like, oh, he's against them. Yeah, he's he's against them. Believe it or not. Well, uh, but uh,
1: finally, I agree with Howie on something. He
0: he was outspoken in saying guys like that they want off their board altogether. They don't even want. The draft. Yeah, I think it's so, a good philosophy. It is. Uh, there's look, Mixon is an exceptional talent, but that what video exists forever. What You're about gonna...
1: Belichick? He's, he's no lingering there's, around. There's
0: no question at the end of round two. If nobody's taken him and he's there, he's a guy that is. Well, he
1: traded out of all right. So he traded out of pick sixty
0: four. Oh, he did. Okay,
1: yeah. So he doesn't pick until pick seventy two, early third round.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly, if they're there in the early third round. He's taking it's, him. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Like, it's not even. And he's one of the few. I, I'll tell so you. So, as much as I'm not a fan I'll tell of you mixing, who, I'll tell you who tell you. Somebody's got to step up and I'll tell not you, let the Belichick. Andy Reid could draft him. So he's got enough goodwill. Andy Reid could get away with it in Kansas City because Kansas City's media are, are pussycats and they don't go sure. after anybody. They got Tyreek Hill. He had the same. That's true. The same exact issues. Where did Nobody they draft Tyreek Hill? Fifth round. And he okay. fell because of these off-field issues. Right. guy that runs 4-3 generally doesn't you know, fall to the fifth round. And you saw what he did last year. So I could completely see Kansas City. Dallas could definitely take him, not in the first round, but in the second round. Now you think, well, they have Ezekiel Elliott. Why would they take Mixon? Because A, Jerry Jones is not answerable to anybody. He doesn't yeah, care. Right. And he probably thinks, okay, what happens if Elliott goes down? You know, what if he gets an injury? What if I can yeah. keep him he's, fresh?
1: He's shown a history of taking these I'll guys. I'll double
0: up. I'll, I'll have a guy that's uh, that's a stud. You know, uh, they've got Jalen Smith coming back, so uh, so that's a guy. Now, what about the Panthers in round two? Yeah, that's it's a, a team it's that a, is passed on running fit, back. It's but. a fit. It's it's a team that probably has enough goodwill to get away with not having the media go bonkers about drafting him. Uh, you know, Denver is a situation like that. The Giants are probably a bad fit because of New York. Uh, Detroit's a bad fit because of how bad the franchise is. What about is. the Browns? They have a lot of early picks. No. Okay. They they can never get away with taking somebody like that. All right. There's no way. All right, so any closing thoughts after uh, the round one mock? The first ever Quizzo round one mock draft.
1: I would say it seems like a quarterback class of a lot of Bs to B minuses that I certainly wouldn't be comfortable taking any of these guys and expecting them to do anything quickly for my team.
0: Yeah, I think in the right situation, some of them could be very good players over time, but again, it's not a uh, instant starter situation. I think uh, Watson probably has the most um, uh, game ready, uh, but I don't know if his game translates to the NFL. So... You know, but he's he's got the most experience and probably the, been in the most complicated situations to be able to handle being thrown in from day one. Uh, but most of those guys aren't ready to start. I I think you it's a very weak offensive line class. You could tell by uh, you know how this uh, this draft fall out. Tons of edge rushers, cornerbacks are going to be. Um, yeah, and two of the positions I find the hardest to project is edge rusher and corner. Yes, so a lot of
1: question marks on all these guys. I do think if you're looking for the safest guys get yourself Jamal Adams or OJ Howard. Yeah. Just don't see either of those guys not making pro bowls at the next level.
0: I just see OJ Howard as a perennial top 5 tight, ty- you know, top tight end in the league for the next decade and if I'm wrong, then so is every other scout who watched him because he just does everything well. I mean, there's nothing else you can say about him. He blocks, he catches, he's got all the physical traits you want. He's clean off the field. Uh you know, he he literally looks like a man among boys when you see him out there. Uh, in the college game, so I expect him to be a good player, which is why I think it's a dark horse pick for San Fran at number two. Because making your first pick for a franchise coming in with a six-year contract, you're just looking to get great players. You know what right. I mean?
1: They're, There's no expectation no, for San Fran. They, they, they didn't even address two, the quarterback. They the signed off-season.
0: two guys. They signed Hoyer and Barkley. Both of yeah. them are perfect stop gaps. They can draft a quarterback at the top of round two. Right now, you know... They, they don't even Davis, have to
1: take a quarterback this year. It don't buys think, the staff another the, year.
0: You don't think the quarterback from Cal in the second round would be a perfect fit for if them If I right was now? the
1: Niners, I would address all my other positions of
0: need and lose some football games. This year... I'd draft a guy. And a dra- a, a I would dressing. draft a guy later and have as my number three a young developmental guy that you have no ties to. There's no worry if he's... A-
1: well, is Kirk Cousins unrestricted after this year?
0: there's that's the hope
1: so isn't that kind of right so well, then you can get like rid of hoyer doing...
0: bringing cousins still have a guy behind him as a young guy that you're still bringing along slowly who has a place on the roster and then you yeah, have so a backup so i'm not drafted in the second round a backup for cousins no nah, but davis webb is you know okay yeah good point I, I think brad kaya in the third round or nathan peterman in the third round would even be uh, a reasonable pick there so all right uh that steal of the draft Steal the of, sign off steal of the draft all right i'll give you one um for me, I, I think that
1: um, you want me to go first since I have mine.
0: There, yeah, go first, and I'll think of mine while you're uh, while you're coming up with yours. There.
1: All right. If the Philadelphia Eagles end up with Leonard
0: Fournette, I'm yeah. going to be sick to my stomach. That, that's a hard one to uh, to knock. <laughs> um, uh, you know, in in, in I don't want to say he's the steal of the draft, but a guy that would just drive me crazy. Ending up on a situation that's so perfectly suited for him. Oh wait,
1: the steal of the draft was Brandon Cooks at number thirty-two yeah, well, overall. There you go. By once again, but Why are people trading with this guy? Yeah,
0: somebody. Trust please, me, he knows more than you. Don't trade with Bill Belichick if please. he calls you up. Hang up the phone. <laughs> don't immediately. even take the call. Yes, have him screened. It's blocked. Have AT and T put in a block. Don't let him get through. Brandon
1: um, Cooks at thirty-two. If Brandon Cooks was in this draft, I mean. He's the number one receiver off the board.
0: I'm gonna go with pick fifth, or uh I'm sorry, pick uh sixteen, the Baltimore Ravens selection of Ruben.
1: Yeah. A guy who has fallen for diluted sample and the guy who could end up being uh, Re- a Hall of Fame replacement. Ruben Re-
0: Foster is exactly what I picture a Baltimore Raven player to be <laughs> on every level. Just fast, angry mad and he's got his teammate right next to him and all alabama people around him like that's just a situation that if they get him at 16 because of the diluted sample where he could have gone to five to tennessee yeah that's <laughs> just that's just ridiculous so all right uh that uh does it for the first quizzo mock draft uh check out quizzo podcast.com quizzo trivia.com draft com the live com any other websites you want to plug out there uh, Nick, whether they're ours or not.
1: Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm all set. <laughs> no. Okay.
0: All right. Be good, everybody. Have yourselves a wonderful afternoon.
1: This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at
0: quizopodcast.com for more information. Medulla oblongata. You play to win the game. Hello. You play to win the game. You don't play to it, just play. It. Playoffs? What are we talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
1: Here we are. I'm out of my third pro ball. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. What does the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He is ruined kickers for life. Akers and military he's got some great guys. They've been getting killed all week. He's well, our idiot. That is nice. Uh, I can call him Tony and I talked about it. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. If he is still a teammate, we'll deal with it. Uh, Everybody's arranged to be seen. But the sad thing is, man, he's a good kicker. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, I don't think so. Winner, winner, sheen dinner.